Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piskor. And I'm Tom Scholey. We're going to look at an interesting book that uh, somebody sent into the Cartoonist Kayfabe mailbag. Tips from Top Cartoonist. I had never heard of this before, published by Eclipse Books. I'm excited to open this thing up, but first, Ed, Red Room Update. Red Room, the anti-social network book collection in stores now. It is going fast. I'm hearing from retailers already that they uh, they lost their stock. You know, they sold out of their stock. And uh, everybody is fighting over the same couple thousand comics at this point now that Amazon bought more than half the print run, man. So shops, order this thing. You cannot take for granted that it's going to be up there. And uh, as weird as it sounds... A lot of people are grabbing this as Christmas presents. I was going to say, this is going to be the hot book for the Christmas season this year. It's funny how that's working out, but that seems to be the deal in the Eddie P email inboxes. Uh, but we don't rest on our laurels here, man. Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one begins in December. And you want to go to your comic shop, get that put on your pull list, because uh, the Red Room comics are not going to stop flowing, man. Uh, you could order and pre-order all these comics in my link tree in the description below. And I have uh, already serialized the complete Red Room ish issue number one of Trigger Warnings on my Patreon. Three bucks will get you the archive there, man. Uh, all those links in the link tree. Tom, where can people find your latest, greatest? Here's Blue Room. It's uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four Grand Design. Uh, the story of the Fantastic Four told uh, in one oversized volume. Uh, you know, just a great big love letter to, to everything uh, Jack Kirby did with that series. Um, it's something I'm incredibly proud of, and, and it was really like one of those dream come true kind of uh, assignments. I love the oversized book version. I have the, the both the yeah. comic books and the book, and uh, the book is just, it's like it's made for this I mean, version. yes, I can tell you as the maker of this, literally, that's I made it for this this large version. You know, there's interesting effects you get from the smaller version, but this this was the, the intent, intended format. Uh, and then we got Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, perfect companion uh, volume to this. Find out the story of, you know, how the Fantastic Four got made, the, the behind-the-scenes stuff, and, and, you know, every other, you know, Jack Kirby comic, Captain America, New Gods, X-Men, Avengers, all your favorites. The, the story behind them is in here. And I also um, have a YouTube channel called Total Recall Show. You can find one of my latest books still in print, The Plain Janes, wherever books are sold, comic book shops, brick-and-mortar bookstores, or online. It tells the story of a bunch of suburban high school art students who, bored with their suburban, quiet suburban life, start making public art and uh, kind of create chaos in their quiet little community. So you get to see these uh, young artists wrecking havoc on the streets where they grow up. Um, a 500-page epic telling their story. I, I like to think of it as like my shoujo manga. Yeah. I even like the way they printed it. I feel like highlights that part. Um, this is available now wherever books are sold, so pick that up for the young adult reader in your life. Perfect for the upcoming holiday season. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can download about a dozen of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see original art, scripts, layouts from all of my books like Street Angel, Deadly Squirrel Live, Plain Jane's Octobriana, and more at patreon.com slash jimrug. But speaking of how to make comics, tips from top cartoonists, published by Eclipse Comics or Eclipse Books, and uh, the first printing of this was 1982. So before there were uh, comic schools everywhere, Don R. Christensen, a, a name I'm unfamiliar with, went around and uh, basically got all of these cartoonists to uh, do two to four pages of tips on how to make comics. And uh, runs the gamut. That's part of what makes this so great is there's no real curriculum, you know. So everybody's 
coming at it with, uh, I guess, you know, what they think is uh, important in making comics. So you get a very wide range of ideas on how to make good comics. I'm in curious this book. to see uh, Scott McCloud's entry in here. I think, uh, you know, we, we got this book a week or two ago or something and holding off for a second so that I could scour the, the web, try to find a copy before any kind of kayfabe effect. Pretty hopeless. Like, I'm not finding anything uh, anywhere. So I figured, man, let's just crack this open. Let's check this thing out. And if there are any kayfabers out there with doubles, P.O. Box 3071, Munho PA 15120, I need a copy of this thing. It's really fun. You know, this first four pages, Sergio Aragonis cartoonist cartoonist talking about funny and humor and, and generating his material from starting with the idea it's a bad title gagging <laughs> or a great title yeah you remember it dripping <laughs> what are we doing here um Sex i know sells. about half of the cartoonists that are in this book so each one starts with a little introduction of who they are the other part of this book that's interesting to me besides just everybody's coming from different directions with their tips is that you have cartoonists. There's a sports cartoonist in here. Talk about an obsolete, you know, cartoonist or, or cartooning language in our current world. But you have these guys that are doing all sorts of different comics, not just comic books or comic strips even, but a very broad backup. And I love like illustrations, like talking about this being a more um, realistic version and why he thinks, you know, the, the uh, cartoony version is better for his gags. Yeah, this is the, the Dark Knight Returns version it, of Larry It really <laughs> is. And it's such a subtle difference, you know, like yeah. think of uh, all the rendering that we would see in our life in the early 90s with the image guys to think of this as being like the rendered, you know, realistic version. Iconic. It's not too different. Iconic. Uh, Scott McCloud, would you listen to me if I look like this the entire time? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Virgil Parch, a cartoonist that I like a lot, and uh, they talk about, you know, in his biography, he does a strip called Big George. He does a lot of stuff. He, he got cut loose from Disney and becomes a freelancer, and this is sort of about the virtues of freelancing. It talks about his schedule, gets up at five, works till noon, and then does his freelance work in the afternoon. But this dude was a workaholic. Yeah. His daily strip, uh, Big George, whenever he died, he had like six years or something. He had been ahead on it. For, for that reason. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> preparing for that kind of death funny uh gag cartoon is you know put your best foot forward it's just a guy with like a uh, ferris uh, unicycle for legs it's such a unique style uh and imagining him trying to even exist uh in a disney universe i don't see i mean he must have been an in-betweener or something because i could see the disney guys the you know the the the, the seven the old, old men yeah. fucking shitting on this dude super successful in his life though you know like like no shortage of uh you can find a lot of his work i think fanographics put together a collection of his stuff with bio biography uh as well but you know right place right time i think for virgil parch but definitely a cartoonist i like um enoff i, I have no idea haven't heard of him but uh telling us how to do funny animals uh another genre that's kind of gone the way of the dodo in comics probably one of the the old timers at that point even in the early 80s doing funny animals Mel Lazarus, this is a guy that shocked me reading his bio because he's doing two daily strips that are, you know, syndicated in hundreds of newspapers, writing screenplays, five television shows, uh, Broadway plays, wrote a novel. I've never heard of this guy. Yeah. Do, do you remember this comic from the newspaper? Did they have it in Pittsburgh? I, I don't remember it. Uh, they might have. I, I just don't remember. Do you remember Mama? Yeah, no, I wasn't in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, because it's just one of, you know, when you're a kid and you're looking at the comic section, you're like, what's this doing in here? You know, 
His caricature, I feel like I've seen this guy in real life. Like, I know a dude that looks just like this. It looks like the one guy uh, in Last Action Hero going against... Uh... It, there is an actor that looks totally like him. Maury Turner going through, like, his whole process. This is great because he's doing, like, uh, tools and stuff. Like, the exact steps of penciling, and then he inks in his lettering. The, the dialogue is inked in. Uh, but I love these guys that do, you know, talk about the actual tools. And he's doing duo shade paper. So pretty interesting like technical stuff that he's illustrating how to do and you see this stuff in the old like how to do comics right like having the heads broken up into their uh, their diagrams of you know it's half above the eyes half below if it's a kid it's two-thirds above the eyes things like that so very technical information on this one even like drawing the uh, impossible hands animation how much does that look like sergio yeah yeah you might want to cut your mustache off dude if, if you ain't if you ain't serge it's neat, <laughs> neat that this would be uh, included, you know, animation being included in, in comics, like those two industries being obviously really close together and a lot of people on both sides. The most detailed Larry Martyr drawing ever ever put on paper. <laughs> Larry Martyr giving us another uh, walking through how he actually makes pages and um, pretty detailed, like blowing up photocopies of his roughs, you know, to get into the pencil stage, <laughs> which is funny whenever you think about it. <laughs> like, you know, I got a like, thumbnail my thing. Dude, you got to do about three or four drafts to get to this point. <laughs> That sounds like that seems like some George Carlin. I am a sewage engineer. No, you're a garbage man. Uh, it's also this is a cartoonist who does Yogi Bear and Flintstone comic strips, like the daily strips. I had no idea they even had right, daily yeah. strips. It's pretty funny. I actually like his uh, like that ink that ink style, that scratchy ink style. It comes from like yeah. Gene Deitch era animation i was thinking we ought to look at i have a 50s animation like modern you know modern animation book um gene deach in that one uh i think we should look at that sometime yeah, because yeah. drawing wise like it's really good drawing there's stuff. a page that should be photocopied and given to every cartoonist yes myself included shit uh bill keen family circus my mommy says i should have been abortion funny <laughs> 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 One of his tips, if you're just starting with kid drawings, make it easy for yourself. Do the same oval for all of them. Uh -huh, <laughs> I can't yeah. tell if that's hack, if that's a hack tip, or if that's actually a good practical piece of advice. Oh, here we go. Erwin Hasten, Ed, Cubert instructor, right? Yeah, third year though. Like he was, uh, up, he was up there in years, man. When I was there in 2000, but his claim to fame, Dondi, the. Uh, this this character always bothered me because I like to see a little glimmer in the 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 polka dot eyes of of my characters, and he just opted to have these like black holes. Abyss, yeah, an abyss. And it, yes. re it really bothers me because it really just looks like it got plucked with a pencil. Yeah, I want to tell everybody at home like don't stare too deeply into these. <laughs> the anti Harold Gray. Um, again, you know, some of these artists, I'm just not familiar with yeah. some of these guys. Oh, I mean, did this guy uh, take off, take over Alley-Oop after right. some time or something? <laughs> so far, we haven't gotten into any comic book people yet, you know? That's true. There are a couple coming up. Um, it, there, there are a few guys who did take, you know, like legacy strips, uh, you know, guys that followed the, the people that we know of. Dan Spiegel, so yeah. here you go getting uh, okay. into your uh, comic it, strip. It, it's funny because we're going to be doing the, the e Eclipse stable of uh, co comic book guys, I guess. Pretty nice drawings, though, man. This is a uh, that's an impressive panel, like drawing like the rigging between horses on a on a carriage from above. Yeah, he's so good. But like when you see those like Crossfire comics and the Twitter bins, you go past those. Like I, I there's something about it that just doesn't. You know what? It, I th maybe it's like craftsman, like a guy who figured out 
how to put the lines on the paper in the way, but it's just not saying anything. These two are, are uh, I wish there was more of this stuff, you know, because it's like, this is the wrong way to do it. I love seeing that. Yeah. Like, this is how to do it. This is not how to do it. And this is uh, how to draw comics the Marvel way, right? Oh, yeah, yeah man. The, the famous, uh, the famous the proper action. punch. This is your sports cartoons. Right. I actually like all of these. I love, like, the way he's caricaturing, you know, different body types for these different sports and everything. Um, this just went away. Like, yeah. this used to be, there it was, was decades ubiqu- of It was stuff. ubiquitous. Sometimes you'd be at somebody's house, like like a, a grandpap or something, and it's like, this is what, they, they got, like, books and books of this kind of stuff with, like, golf jokes. I, or, I, Warren I, Bernard showed us some of this stuff. You know, like, early days before, I guess, photography was high speed enough to really capture sports. Like, a lot of the sports stuff, you know, especially first part of 20th century, like, it was it was drawn. During the speculator boom, as when, when trading cards were kind of going away and they were trying to figure out how to keep that market going, there were these little football card-shaped things that could open up and they would be a book and there would be a Jack Davis. Yeah. Uh, where he's drawing Warren Moon and Brett Favre and stuff like that. And, and I uh, was scooping those things up and actually those are a lot of the first, like, pieces i would copy uh, were from from that because it was a bridge between cartoony and like proper anatomy right you know as you could see here like, like, like this one this yeah stuff. yeah his first words are sports cartoons are all action nothing is static it makes me think like if you dug out some of the good sports cartoonists like you could probably apply those lessons to superheroes yeah, yeah. it's it's like jack kirby and i remember i've um, done that like looking at like photos of like football players and stuff to get ideas for like how these superheroes are going to collide and stuff i can remember looking at uh, or seeing baseball players like from i don't know 40s maybe and being like that looks like a kirby drawing mm-hmm. like for all the complaints people will talk about his anatomy being wonky like i remember seeing photos and just being like holy shit like that's exactly like a kirby you know like the figures yeah. all this all works there's that a, way there's a real famous one it's the it's john buscema cover uh with uh, it's a silver surfer cover with with thor on it and thor uh, is swinging the hammer and the reference for that was was a Mickey Mantle baseball card. Um, this is amazing. Alfredo Acala, of course, yeah. one of the great, yes. you know, inkers and ink slingers. Uh, man, his biography is wild. Like it, it goes all the way back to World War II, whenever the Philippines were occupied by uh, the Japanese. And um, man, what a story! Like coming to America and doing this stuff. But you know, besides his his acumen as an inker, talks about filing your tip of your rapidograph <laughs> to get that slant for uh you know for for lettering or for having that control over that line of the thick fin wow i've never heard of this me neither that's wild i've heard of filing down like the hunt 102 you know like a nib tip but i've never heard of it for a rapidograph that's how you know man you're in a you're in an enterprise where you could have some tax write-offs and then they give him a center center spread to show off uh what he's talking about there yeah i need to find more of this voltar stuff everything i've seen of it looks amazing what would it have been stunning i'm not familiar with it at all yeah i don't know this stuff i mean i i think it was warren but but i think they collected like Voltar into like its own kind of volume. I don't know who. It feels like a portfolio piece. Like, yeah. was it comics? It was a. He did. Voltar was like this. It's it's like a graphic novel. But, you know, it was yeah. sort of serialized. Jack Katz but, gimmick. That's wild. But but way more readable than Jack Katz. Right. Uh, and Alfredo Acala did some of the first comics I ever read. He did those He Man. Oh yeah, comics. The ones that came with the figures. Yeah. Yeah, his biography is impressive. Like that guy drew a lot. Like he had to be super fast because yeah. he did a lot. Destroyer um, Duck, <laughs> Jim Aparo, of course. Uh, you know we've talked about him before yes. in context of Batman artist, but it's pretty good here too because he talks about like laying out a page and how he's picking 
or, or composing panels and stuff. So pretty good in terms of comic book info. Check out our uh, Nightfall <laughs> versus Batman uh, issue. Doug Wildy, another uh, cartoonist that I like. Um, you know, viewers at home may know him from from Johnny Quest, being creator of Johnny Quest, but did a lot of comics and a lot of westerns. A thing that comes up in I don't know, man. Half of these talks is the morgue file. Yeah. Like every guy talks about having your reference files, uh, you know, on hand and having good reference files, and especially if you're trying to do something realistic, is uh, Doug Wowdy's It's interesting contention we're here. We're looking at all good workers. We're looking at all good, uh, all Bobby Eaton's and stuff, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, there's no like comic book superstar guy. We're looking at. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like '82, like who would you have pulled? Frank Miller, John Byrne. Um, I mean, Eisner would be the logical. Yeah, that would be a good one. When did his uh, comics and sequential art come out? He may have been competing I think that's with these guys. Or something, yeah. Pat Boyette, uh, another guy with an interesting biography, and somebody I, I hope to get some stuff about him on the channel at some point. Um, interesting we artist, can... <laughs> and I don't know if he ever did like Marvel DC work. Well, we live in an era where John Cena's playing Peacemaker. Oh, right, yes. So, <laughs> the so obvious, we could crack one point. or two of those shits open. He leaves like a like a news television news anchorman job to do comics and gets to Charlton. Like, right. he, he, he draws like an anchorman. Yeah, I guess. Uh, kind of that West Coast school. Um, Richard Rockwell, I don't know, but his whole bit is on contrast, is, uh, you know, being a way to, to create form and figures and, and uh, draw your work. So kind of an interesting approach there. Not as much line art, um, but not a guy I'm familiar with, but you can see very clearly demonstration of what he's talking about. And when, and when you see the lettering and stuff, it's like, yeah, Toth could have been in here. Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Another legend. That's a pretty good one. That's probably as close as you're getting to, uh, you know, a uh, celebrated comic book artist. And maybe celebrated after this a little bit, but talking figure work and composition. Del Messick, hairstyles and keeping your characters in style. You know, looking at a magazine to figure out outfits and things, staying up to date. This is probably advice everybody could use, and uh, I'd apply it to cars as well. Doesn't have, have I feel like people still vibe. draw those nineteen sixties kind of sedans. Well, if, if, they're it, just more interesting to look at than they kind of are. Than actually, all, like all the cars shapes. out front of the house right at this moment. You know? I, I mean, they're, I, I read, feel like Gilbert Hernandez. I read this comic as a kid, like Brenda Starr, that and is, like Boy George, like a bo- version of Boy George would show up. Like whatever was current would be in there. Yeah, my mom really put me onto Brenda Starr. That was something that she grew up with and like really promote. Like my mom was Brenda Starr, my dad was Dick Tracy. <laughs> I, uh, I I like having these cartoonists. Uh, daily comic strip people Man, talk about their crap because that's, that's really something killer. that's a little outside of my knowledge base especially for like how to do and uh, it's pretty interesting to hear hear them lay it down Stan Walk I'd know him from like the Alan Moore Swamp things Just, you know doing a fill in issue here and there you know shows up shows up in uh, Eclipse stuff yeah it's true I think that's Airboy and he, he talks about the this? difference between like cinematic versus um, I can't remember the word he uses for it but more fantastic like imaginative yeah. kind of layouts and these be you know pretty good examples of what he's talking about yeah you know gene day was doing eclipse comics that would have been amazing getting some yeah, of that would have been good bob oxner um a guy i don't read much but i'll see people post his work i think kevin nolan will sometimes post his work might have had a birthday recently or something but i saw a bunch of it float through twitter and it all looked real good but just uh, a guy that's a little bit before my time and i think he teamed up with erwin hasten uh, on Don- dondi <laughs> <laughs> trina robbins uh, name we know, illustrious career, both uh, as an underground artist, but also doing work for, for DC. I don't Historian. know if she did Marvel stuff. Yeah, quite a few books 
I have a few of her books on my shelves, um, like comics historian style. Don't know Jim Barry. Like his uh, like his artist uh, caricature a lot. Another freaking Sergio. <laughs> Man, you must like have to have that mustache at this time if you're going to do funny comics. Mort Walker, uh, obviously. Um, Beetle Bailey, but also comics historian, had like a comics art museum for a little bit in Connecticut. I think it might have relocated to Florida with him. But the other uh, American comics that I would find in in uh, Denmark oh, <laughs> at <no>. the supermarket, <laughs> <laughs> cheap license. And he talks about you know being simple, where like you can reduce this stuff and it still reads. I mean, like this, I could do something with this. It's just it was so placid, you know, so boring. But like I like the imagery of it. Yeah, it's. I used to read these. Like this was definitely a comic that I would see in the comics. Uh, I, I the clipped comics it out. I, I would clip out like five or six strips every day, and I had them in, in scrapbooks. And I, this would be one of them. I'd copy like Beetle Bailey when I was a kid. Just anybody who has like their face covered or their eye covered, like that stuff had like an appeal, you know. Yeah, it's such an odd idea for a strip. Like, can you imagine having like, oh yeah, we'll do a daily strip today about like enlisted men and, and you know, kind of clowning yeah. around army strips. Like, I, it'd be a hard sell today, but it's kind of a like the dad version of G.I. Joe or something when I was a kid. I, I don't know like when it came about, but it feels like an adaptation of Gomer Pyle, you know? Mm -hmm, yeah. Yeah, Hogan's Heroes. There'd be a whole a whole genre of like uh, army, army entertainment. Mike Grell... I didn't realize what all he was doing. So this is him doing mostly it's Tarzan uh, strip is what he's talking about. Presumably after Russ Manning. But he's also like, this is Warlord Star Slayers in his biography. Like he's he's another one of those guys where it's like he's doing two or three men's amount of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I yeah. don't know how many hours a week he's spending, but it seems like, geez, that's like three. You're stealing jobs here, Mike. He was a, he was like a full cartoonist at a time in comic books when, when people weren't doing that. And I do wonder what his story is with like Warlord and stuff. It seems almost like he might have had some kind of like, like ownership. Piece. Yeah, piece of it. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Just take a look at one of those Remco toys and see what the copyright is in the bottom corner. Um, editorial cartoons. Okay, let's do Dick Lo Loker. He draws uh, Dick Tracy at a certain point. Really? Yeah. Wow. He's connected. He's connected with them. I think a lot of these editorial cartoonists are really good. Yes. It's, it's stuff that Beautiful. is sort of, you know, again, like stuff I don't read. And then whenever I see their work, it's like, that's really impressive for like a plane cockpit or for a bunch of cars. Like, I like how all of these drawings look. Yes. Seeing, uh, you know, we got Rob Rogers here, here in town, man. And he said for years, man, like he had a war chest of duo show, duo tone boards like when he knew that that stuff was coming up he was putting that tax money to use dude <laughs> and freaking had a cachet just uh speaking with with uh with jeff darrow when he was when he was here in ta in uh the states one of the things that he loaded up on strathmore 500 that he's bringing back to france man hundreds of pages that's heavy man that's heavy stuff to be <laughs> lugging around paper i like this i repeat many gimmicks in my figures uh, mile wide shoulders uh whopper shoes on spindly legs Kind of, kind of fun to see these guys thinking this way. The other part I like is his lettering. You know, like the lettering that's in, in the drawings. Super important. There's almost like a, a house style of editorial lettering where you like double up the line with a rapidograph or what, create your own kind of Times New Roman but hand-drawn kind yeah, of... Yeah, there's uh, quite a bit of lettering range on display here. Mort Drucker talking about care catchers. That's, see, that's a pretty is, big game. Yeah, now this is the... We're, get, we're getting to the headliners. Yeah, and I mean... The funny thing is, like, I feel like these kind of things are applicable to comic books, to any totally. kind of cartooning. Like, you can apply this stuff. Totally. You know, it doesn't have to be a, a recognized guy, but 
locking in on those on those features that you want to make Reed Richards look like Reed Richards or right. you know whoever the, the character is. Um, pretty fun. Lee Mars storyboard info. Not necessarily something uh, that I would apply to comics exactly, but it's interesting to see like the professional artist, a commercial artist, talking about some of these elements, like using real um, letters to make those storyboards or credits look professional because hand lettering is not going to look right in those, uh, in those instances. Gus Ariola. Um, <laughs> do you know Gordo? This is a uh, Mark Zingarelli turned me on to this and I have a big collection, accidental tourist. I have no idea where I bought it or what. Um, but I've had like Jaime Hernandez was talking about this strip as being uh, a strip that he thinks is good. And, he, um, he looks like Mark Zingarelli. That might be that might be what Mark Zingarelli was responding to. <laughs> but he talks about like layout variations and also referencing you know Mexican American cartoonists referencing his heritage in, in these strips. This is more of almost like the editorial style cartooning. Like I like all of this line work stuff, but this is another one that's relatively obsolete now. You know, like, like you're the not cartoons. Yeah, like anything where it'd be like cartoons in any kind of magazine. I mean, you know, magazines themselves. You just know good something luck finding that's them. crazy? Like the last time I was at a Walmart year two years ago, something like that. Like cartoons, but there are still cartoon cartoon magazines. There were like two of them in the magazine section. Believe it or not. You know, I, I mean, just in this age we live in, internet, you know, web comics and stuff, any, like, dead or obsolete genre, if you were really passionate about it, you could carve out, like, a space for yourself. You're, you're 100%. It. I agree totally. Yeah, you're 100% right on that. Um, how to draw tires. I, I need that <laughs> shit, man. Don't make them look like... A donut. <laughs> but then you look at that, that's dope. Yeah, yeah that I feel like that's cool. an underground. Yeah. Robert Crumb that's, would disagree with yeah, you. Yeah, that's a dope tire, man. I love that van, though. Pretty sweet. Uh, well, sometimes the how not to draw something examples are pretty compelling, too. I don't know Roger Armstrong, but I'm amazed by, like, the dog expressions. Yeah, like, this is a guy who wouldn't get fired from Disney, I feel like. Yeah, that that just seems impossible. And uh, and then, you know, your, your all-star, Scott Here's McCloud here, with his excessive layout method. And uh, goes through, like, a page where he does these very detailed layouts in ink, you know, or, or like with markers or whatever, but that's a layout for his finished page. It um, looks better than his finished page because if there, if there is like some criticism of, of Zot, it's like how stiff the surface is and none of that here. There's a very relaxed, very, very organic, very appealing line. He's a real thinker, you know, and, and that too much think, not enough ink kind of thing, that applies sometimes. This section is almost, um, this is an amazing section. This is him going through like every element, style, black and white, figure drawing, dialogue, you know, like listen to real life conversations. Like this is really him trying to be like, here's my advice on how I make comics or how to make comics better. That's what I was wondering when we get to this, if we're going to see like a proto form of understanding comics and then maybe... He's looking through the, the, he gets a copy of this book, he's looking through it, and he's like, okay, all this stuff is grouped as comics, but not all of it's comics, and, you know, gets the wheels turning, maybe? Yeah, it, it would be interesting how that part comes about. Uh, number 12 advice, practice constantly. Yes, I agree. That's the stuff that I would read in uh, in the interviews that, that I was checking out as a kid, and... Uh, it would be like draw everything, which is not something I've seen in here, but somebody must say it. You know, you need to draw chairs, you need to draw cityscapes, you need to draw all kinds of stuff. Study everything. McLeod says it. And that is what separates the future professionals from 
you know, the best artist in class kind of thing, because I, I don't know about you guys. I definitely was not the best in class. There were dudes who could draw certain things like way cooler. And I gravitated toward them, became friends. And then I'm trying to convince them to, you know, spend 60 cents, hop on the bus with me. Let's go into the city Let's with our school sketchbooks. Let's draw some buildings. Let's draw some buses. Let's draw some stuff. And they were like, this is boring. I'm trying to draw Sagat doing a tempo fucking jump kick. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to draw that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I like this closing page too, a Picasso drawing that would be a cartoon, except it's Picasso. I feel like I saw that in Understanding Comics. No, you, I, well, maybe you did, but where you definitely would see this is drawing from the right side of the brain Maybe that's book. it. Okay. And, and uh, one of the first exercises, you take the, the full image, draw this upside down, because it's yeah. trying to get you out of that headspace of drawing footballs for eyes and all this circumscribed information you have built into your mind of what finger you know knuckles look like get all it out of there let's draw these actual lines and they use that contour illustration by picasso as one of the early pieces it's neat to me to think you had how to draw comics the marvel way at this time and you had this book <laughs> you know, yeah, there, there aren't that many this. there's there's probably five thousand copies of this thing man like you you can't <clears> find <throat> it anywhere yeah two two printings um you know there might be a nightmare in terms of rights like probably all these artists retain their copyrights so and this this book might have gotten destroyed in the flood that's so true whatever too. extras there are it's, it's certainly true but you know 35 artists really laying out tools processes thoughts behind their work um, kind of awesome. Yeah, very cool. It's uh, I, It's been on my nightstand all week, and I've been enjoying going through it for two weeks, I think, because once we got it, I started telling you about it, Ed, um, because it's it, It's neat. It's, it's great to see how other cartoonists approach their craft. You could tell that Jim got the, the positive coin flip <laughs> on that one. <laughs> that week. That's what I was wondering, like how Jim ended up with this. Yes. K-Fabers, that's how it always is. That's the equalizer, man. Like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell. We'll notify you when new vids are available. Dr. Jim. Join me on patreon.com slash jimrug where you can download out-of-print zines and mini-comics. You can see my original art, scripts. You can see my top tips uh, for, from this cartoonist uh, on how I make Street Angel, Deadly Girl Alive, Plain Janes, Octobriana, and more. That's at patreon.com slash jimrug. You can check out my Patreon. Uh, also, just search Tom Scholey when you're on patreon.com. Uh, get Fantastic Four Grand Design, Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, and check out my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show. Red Room, the Antisocial Network, trade paperback in in bookstores and comic bookstores at this very moment. Uh, the stores are fighting for the last few copies that are available, man. So if you see the comic, scoop it up ASAP. And we're continuing the, 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 the gravy train, man. Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one hitting the stands in December, and that's going to be coming out on a monthly basis. So get that put on your pull list. You can order, pre-order those comics. You can read the comics ahead of time on my Patreon. All these links in my link tree in the description below this video. What else, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist KFAB newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist KFAB t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Give them those marching orders, and we're going to be on our way. Make more comics.